0: for tuning in to the Escapil Files, a book analysis podcast where one diehard fan and one newbie start yet another podcast about Animorphs, the children's book series by K.A. Applegate. I'm Danielle. I use she or they pronouns, and my co-host is Jade.
1: Hello, I'm Jade. You can find me on the, the internet at Jade Oxford Rose, and I use they, them pronouns.
0: We'll be making our way through the books one book at a time, analyzing the themes and how they stand up to time, and sharing the experience with our friends on Discord, the link to which you can find in the show notes. Today, we are talking about book number 28, The Experiment. Uh, it was ghost written by Amy Garvey. Uh, coincidentally, it's the only book that they ghost wrote. I wonder why
1: uh i'm just like checking out what their other work is like (laughs) and um look i'm not gonna shit all over somebody's career choice that's rude you know there's a big audience there is a i'm just saying there's a lot of contemporary romance in here (laughs) you know what if somebody's doing what they love great maybe animals just wasn't the right fit for her as a writer
0: probably probably not
1: because uh, y'all, you know, this book is bad. It's it's not it's not enjoyably bad. It's not no. like the Helmicrons, which is my bar for okay. What what level of bad are we talking about? Mm-hmm. This was a chore to read. Yeah, this wasn't like enjoyable schlocky bad. This was poorly paced, poorly characterized. The plot is badly handled and for all that it feels like very here is an issue and we're going to talk about it it portrays both sides of that argument in a really unflattering way Mm -hmm. and the small crumbs and I mean crumbs (laughs) that I might be able to speak positively of are few and far between Mm -hmm. like any good grace I might have toward elements of this book is because it's stuff that was already established or it's, like, building on. Mm-hmm. It's, I read it. All right, it's not often that Danielle will full up before we start going, this one's bad and I'm sorry. <laughs> Helmeron, the Helmerons was like, I want to see your reaction to this, and I'm going to enjoy your reaction to this. This was <laughs> this was an apologetic. This one sucks, and I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and it and um, I believe we, as we said at the end of the last recording, this is frustrating because it is an axe book, and they are so much more limited compared to the others. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that writing the alien character might is more of a challenge especially when there are less books to work from as well Mm -hmm. but i find the character voice very stilted Mm. um and there are a couple of moments in it where i was like yes relatable uh we flagged a couple of uh that uh that neurodivergent feeling when Mm -hmm. but Reading this book and the take on acts feels like when um, non autistic people try to write autistic people. Mm. It's got a ve- and to be fair, it's one of those things we, we talk about with media analysis like when people accidentally write autistic people because they're exaggerating certain traits or they're, they're replicating things they've seen, and every autistic person within a five mile radius then goes, Aha, a uh, me. That's one of our people. They're like, well, I wasn't trying to write an autistic person. Well, you did. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, I'll try to do that next time. No, don't try. To. Oh, they ruined it. <laughs> and it's like, it's frustrating because I've talked before. Well, we've talked before about how Axe feels very, uh, to, to, bias to a lesser extent, though, a different flavor of neurodivergent, mm-hmm. but Axe has big autistic mm-hmm. mood. A lot of the time with the way he experiences sensations and just like things he deals with being out at that proverbial fish out of water. Mm-hmm. This is like the worst perspective they could have taken when they wanted to do a hey, you know what? Animal experimentation and slaughterhouses are bad. Look, even this alien thinks it's weird and bad. Like, okay. No. 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 <laughs> just a lot of just like shaking my head reading this. Like, yeah. I'm going to go do something else in between chapters because I'm just kind of <laughs> aggravated right now. <laughs> and what's frustrating is I could see beneath there is something here that could have been very interesting. Mm hmm and i don't know i could have like i could have vibed with it if it was well written mm mm-hmm. mhm and just had a slightly weird plot yeah but it's like like we nah. dealt with we dealt with uh the fucking
0: horse book right yeah like that was I fun i liked the horse book yeah it was dumb but i liked it right like a uh, uh, lackluster plot doesn't Hmm. have to be painful to read.
1: Yeah. Um. It occurs to me, thinking about like, just when a thing tries to do issue Mm -hmm. and does it badly. Mm -hmm. um, Doctor Who has run into this a lot. We've been chatting a lot about Doctor Who in different places in the server as Mm -hmm. of flight. but there's a particular episode in Capaldi's run, which has got this weird pro-life vibe. Ooh. And it's like, okay, what, 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 what you doing here, Doctor Who? Yeah, and the Doctor being just like, I cannot make this decision. I am an alien. This has to be made by humans. Right. Yeah. And it's sort of like, okay, don't, don't like it. hmm Either talk about the thing or don't talk about the thing. I appreciate that it is the purview of sci-fi to use analogy to discuss contemporary issues. That's how sci-fi has always been. It's one of the great gifts of sci-fi. It's like how we can examine the world we live in through theoretical futures or alternate worlds, et cetera, et cetera. This is not that. (laughs) This is like, okay, let's take the autistic kid to the slaughterhouse and wonder why he has a bad time. (laughs) (laughs) like I guarantee you most people are not going to have a great day going to visit a slaughterhouse yeah even people that happily eat meat like I I personally what have watched a lot of stuff about like the 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 process of like field to table and stuff like that because I think it's important to know Mm -hmm. as an adult who chooses to eat meat I feel like I should at least have an understanding of things so I can make as much of an informed choice as I can. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Axe has something really horrible happen to him in this book, but then they just, I'm just mad. They make Cassie look like an idiot for her view of it, of what's going on. They make Marco look like a dick. Like when he sort of moved on from giving Cassie such a hard time about stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, Everybody else feels very nothing mm-hmm. in this. Like, they barely feel like a character at all. Yeah. And the action scenes are... Occasionally, there's a couple of good moments, but for the most part, they feel very confused yes. and poorly directed.
0: Yes. So. It's, usually, in Animorphs' books, we get action scenes that are... Extremely evocative and, like, uh uh descriptive and exciting and fast-paced. But you can always follow the action. hmm You can't do that here. Like, there were multiple instances where, like, I would get a couple paragraphs in and then have to go back to the beginning to be like, wait, how did this happen? How are they... It's that thing where uh like it, you're reading a fic and suddenly the author points out something about the setting and you're like you have mm-hmm. to rearrange your whole mental image of what's happened except that yeah. it's bad like it's directly contradicting itself in that way it's not just oh this wasn't mentioned and now it has been
1: yeah no, it's just i feel like this is an unexperienced writer trying to write action like there are beats mm-hmm. that work But there isn't really flow, and I Mm -hmm. feel that's true of the plot as as much as it is just like on the micro scale, from scene to scene. Also, the like within the scene, and then the scenes don't flow well Mm -hmm. to each other either. Yeah, a lot of them just end. Talk about the book. Yeah, we will (laughs) actually do a plot (laughs) breakdown, but right now I need to bitch about this book. (laughs) Yeah, because it's frustrating. mm Hmm like and i'm not fun frustrated by this i'm not like what the fuck did i just read i was like well that's 40 minutes of my life but you know uh-huh. cool great yeah <laughs> i'm glad I, if i'd paid money for this i would be pissed <laughs> and and i don't think it's simplistic writing either i can tell that young jade would have read that and gone without well, Mm-hmm. Like, imagine if that was the only Animorphs book your local library had and you read that. That would not make you want to read any more of them. It no. does a bad job of mm-hmm. being an Animorphs book and a bad job of being a book full stop. <laughs> if, it, if it did one or the other well, I feel like I could maybe be forgiving.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, if the characterization was, like, on point, yeah, And the plot was still a bit all over the place. Like, like, eh, well, I got to enjoy that conversation or this interaction. Or if the plot was really good, you're like, eh, I didn't really feel the characters for her. Look, I've read enough fanfic, which is basically just like, I'm sorry, this is not... This character is not my beautiful wife. This is not my beautiful house. But you told a good story. <laughs> so it, it was fine. Like... Uh, yeah. I just... And I also am really annoyed about the whole, just like not realizing about like things that they've established and then about morphs are just like steers versus bulls and Mm -hmm. apparently everyone could see really well in the dark, but you couldn't (laughs) tell that it was a cow rather than this. And I'm like, here, just like, I hate this. Yes. Why are you making Izzy's sweet son look stupid? (laughs) he is not he is so far from stupid he is Mm -hmm. incredibly observant and aware he just doesn't always have the context for things
3: obviously
2: Mm -hmm. and
3: i
1: i just resent that yeah yeah and i resent how a lot of the characterization what little there is of it and it's even inconsistent. Like, we get a good, arguably a very on-brand moment with Marco earlier on, and then he turns into this colossal asshole later. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, one saving grace for this book. The single grace I will give it. It does have a Marco driving <laughs> scene in it. <laughs> <laughs> Which I did enjoy. Yes.
0: That was a pretty good... That was like maybe one of the only good scenes in this book was the Marco yes. driving scene.
1: Just, or Marco failing at driving. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, but also, like, we've <coughs> also seen it before. It wasn't mm-hmm. in, There was nothing innovative about it. I just am endeared by them knowing how bad Marco is at driving and still saying, well, he might as well do it. And I'm here like, <laughs> why though? I refuse to believe that none of the others have a passing ability or understanding of how to drive. <laughs> I, no. I, if I were Jake, after the first thing, just like I'm going to like learn to drive a little bit so that mm-hmm. shit doesn't happen again. <laughs> yeah. The great leader in, of planning would learn to drive just to avoid this situation, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah it's fine marco stick shift is hard <laughs> uh, i suppose we should get down in the break we can bitch more afterwards <laughs>
0: yeah enduring mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh so some book specific content warnings yes uh as you might have guessed um Uh, There's a lot of discussion of the beef industry, of slaughterhouses, of animal experimentation. Uh, There are pretty descriptive passages of animal death consistent with slaughterhouses. Um, uh, Relatively humane, though. Um, Yeah, it's not
1: graphic. It's just clearly there.
0: Yeah. Um, And uh, animal experimentation is compared to torture. And portrayed as such, although definitely not in a lot of detail. Um, uh, it's, but yeah, it is. It is an issue book, capital I,
1: right? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. A very special book in the vein of very special episodes.
3: Yeah. Um. It yeah. It doesn't handle any of these well, as Jade mentioned. Um the quote unquote point is very muddied and
0: mm-hmm. uh yeah we'll we'll get there, we'll get there. Uh, <clears throat> so the book opens uh on axe introducing himself um and he talks about uh his shorm tobias uh along with his other friends um, I love this little passage about Tobias. Uh, uh, it does reveal that Axe knows that Elfangor was Tobias's father. Um, and it's, it is very sweet.
3: Um, and,
0: uh, Axe reveals that he has built a scoop, um, here on earth. Uh, why it took him 28 books to do that, I don't know. Um, I I imagine he did this shortly after 18.
1: I was going to say I feel like he maybe did it sooner but this is the first time we've had his perspective since and so now we're getting it talked about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um and very recently <laughs> he he has only a few things in the scoop. A world almanac that his friends gave him. A photograph of a cinnamon bun.
1: See, that human does feel clothing. like a good nod to that does feel like a good nod to Elfangor and the magazines. Like, yes,
0: that's a... yes. Uh, and uh, one other thing that he has very recently required, which is a television.
1: Okay, I have before we go on, because Axe is very excited about the TV, mm-hmm. and we're going to hear about the TV a lot. Yeah, what the fuck is this TV powered by? <laughs> <laughs> The actual fuck. I will happily spoil. He's managed to like function, fashion a fully functional satellite receiver so he can get all the channels. Great. Mm-hmm. Awesome. What is powering this? There is no talk of a generator or batteries. He certainly isn't gonna have an electrical hookup. What <laughs> the fuck? This completely broke it. I was there just like, oh, okay, he's got a TV. How's it how's it working? Like, legit, how is it working? I appreciate, like, wind up like a certain amount of like those camping TVs were around Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Like, you could like do a winding thing for a certain amount. But no, this is just a happy, apparently, a fully fun. I'm sorry, I'm getting very focused on this, (laughs) but it pissed me off so much. And I'm all for Axe getting into TV. This feels soup. This feels very hyper fixation the way he talks about engaging with it and. Like internalizing and learning so much about various programs. And it's mm-hmm. very good and endearing. And I am all for acts ax- watching TV to learn more about human culture. Just tell me how the TV is being powered, I beg you. Because <laughs> I'm just suddenly like, that's not how that works. <laughs> they could have yeah. so easily mentioned it had a power source of some kind that he has a little generator. I can believe there's a little generator. That they maybe just, like, has a little solar panel on it. He could have built the generator! <laughs> but no, just a TV and a scoop with a picture of a cinnamon bar on the walls. of Cl- <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> I'm, I'm very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: my personal headcanon can is, is that he built a little arc reactor.
1: Uh, okay, that's adorable. That's great. It's, it's not, not in the text anywhere. No, it's not. <laughs> somebody let Danielle write me an Animorphs book. That would be great. <sighs> but yes. And, I, I, and I, as this goes on, I'll get off the soapbox. Um, I do appreciate that actually, like, I didn't expect TV to be so compelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, just useful. Because it seems like it's very basic technology. So we get a little mm-hmm. bit of that in, but it's like it's an, It gives him this insight. Uh, even describes it as rivaling the cinnamon bun itself as the finest creation of human society. See, yes, uh, but the thing, the detail that makes this is Tobias mm-hmm. comes over and they watch TV together. Uh huh. That is so cute. The yes. visual of an andalite and a red-tailed hawk just chilling out watching the young and the restless is incredible Mm -hmm. and i do appreciate as this description goes on and they're talking about it just like tobias is just fucking locked onto this tv watching it happen and i'm just there just like yes this is good you book you can have this (laughs) this i will grant you yeah yeah but also like as a way for tobias to feel human Mm-hmm. I mean, when you start thinking about it, it becomes incredibly sad very quickly. If you think mm-hmm. about it too long, much like many things in Animorphs. <laughs> <laughs> if you look at it for too long, the sad starts to creep in. Um, But we have this, they're watching uh, Young and the Restless, which I assume is like a teen soap opera from, it's one that didn't come out. Yeah,
0: it, yeah, it's a daytime soap opera. Um,
1: okay. I don't think I ever watched it that yeah um but i i do appreciate the um in big uh a spectrum and also one of my favorite tiktoks ever ax is very perplexed by kissing mhm and tobias does not want to explain what kissing is it's just yeah i know they're kissing they were kissing yesterday it's always kissing ax and he's just like well, what is it <laughs> <laughs> um and Tobias, thankfully, is saved from having to explain the purpose of kissing because Marco is heading their way. Mm-hmm. And we have this really good little interaction being like, uh, like Tobias says, oh, Marco's going, yes, I saw him two minutes ago. He's trying not to be seen. And Tobias is like, well, I heard him three minutes ago and saw him four minutes ago. <laughs> and it's very cute and good. And then they argue a little bit, just like, you did not did so. Um, you get this <laughs> lovely little observation from Axe about Tobias is competitive when it comes to his senses. And then, but also just like, yeah, but I can see it in all directions at once. And it's just, <laughs> it's lovely. Yes. Um, and then Marco shows up. And this is the one bit of Marco riding, aside from driving, that I really vibe with mm-hmm. because he is very pleased to see them watching TV. Um, and he's just like, of course, he is immediately entranced by the fact that there is one of the characters on the Young and the Restless, uh, a lady wearing just a towel, and this is the kind of teenage boy thing that doesn't bother me because mm-hmm. at that age you are curious, and it's fine. I-, I do appreciate Tobias like nope's out of there as soon mm-hmm. as Marco notices the lady on the TV, yeah, and he's just like, I'm out. Um. Marco, meanwhile, uh, after being told uh, what uh, Axe is watching, um, starts recommending other shows. Mm -hmm. Um, A couple, I will be four. For all its problems, Buffy. Solid choice. Love Mm -hmm. that Marco is a fan. Party of five. Never watched. Heard good things. The fact that he then rates cops. uh, Fine. And South Park bugs me, but also everybody my age, watched yeah. South Park. Yeah. It was everywhere. You mm-hmm. couldn't avoid it. It's one of those things, like, especially if you were a younger teenager, you would like maybe stay up to watch as well. like, I have a lot of issues with South Park, but I'll freely admit that I watched it when I was mm-hmm. younger so yeah i wasn't allowed to watch it which honestly i don't feel like i missed much <laughs> no you didn't um but yeah this marco's rattling off and we do get this exchange of uh, marco commenting that the woman on the screen is hot it's just like yes she is hot this is why she often wears less artificial skin and we get this yeah well i think you may have your cause and effect turned around there that <laughs> is a subtle little bit of writing <laughs> enjoy it while it lasts dear listeners because it's not going to happen much else in this <laughs> fucking book um, yeah. and he says about getting Axe a TV guide which Axe takes very personally because he knows how to operate a television without a guide thank you very much and Michael explains no it tells you what's, what's coming up but uh, um, but they decide to go to the mall yep yeah.
0: which of course necessitates that Axe morph human. Uh, so he does. We get a descriptive bit of him morphing, where he he morphs an entire human mouth before his lips appear, which is mm. just a horrifying image. Yeah, um, mm.
1: don't like that. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> just and, the notion
1: of your teeth growing in behind a mouth that can't be opened—horrifying.
0: Yeah. yeah, I hate it. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh. He, so he morphs human, and he gets dressed, and then we get this one quality interaction. Yes, this, yes, 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 yes. So Axe is like, I'm ready. Um, and Marco's like, how about putting on a shirt? The men who are young and restless do not wear shirts. I am young, and I am occasionally restless. <laughs> Axe, yes, Marco,
1: put on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love- That's fine, Marco. I would also be distracted by the cute person I know not having a shirt on. <laughs> Your valet. Also, it, you wouldn't be able to go to the mall. They would make you put a shirt on. Yes. To go in, no still. shirt, no shoes, no service. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: But it's. I. I really do love Axe Post TV. Um, mm. This isn't. This isn't the only time that it will come up. It will continue to be a thing. Um, I didn't realize that this is the book that he got it in. Um, but it's. It's really good. And I feel like as much as everyone kind of makes fun of him for it, he does learn a lot about humans by watching TV. Yeah,
1: and this we've talked before about how frustrating it is that the kids don't make more of an effort to teach acts. Mm-hmm. And having so much access to television, I think for all that, you know, there's a lot of crap on TV, or it has been, it is like we've talked, to- It's it's a known thing. Like if you haven't got access to a to the thing in truth, television can be a great way of learning about things, and Mm -hmm. it's a good way to, especially when you talk about like uh, to children and developing minds about like introducing them to things that they might not be experiencing in their day to day life. And go, hey, no, this is a thing. Mm
2: -hmm. Which is why
1: when we talk about representation being important, especially in children's media, this is why. This is why Sesame Street has always been like at the forefront of having like interracial groups of people and things like that. And Mr. Rogers as well as like showing the way things could be the way things should be.
0: God, um, can you imagine Axe watching Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers? That would be so good. It would be very good.
1: I'm sorry. I'm just now. My brain is going to reflect to the current Rocco drama on Sesame Street. <laughs> I'm sorry, Elmo. It's just been all over Twitter. <laughs> it's I all over that. Twitter. What's going on? Oh, oh. So uh, I think it's Zoe, the little yellow monster. Mm-hmm. Um, has a uh, a friend R- Rocco who is a rock. Mm-hmm. Um In the way that young kids often do. Right. something they're carrying around but i think the scene starts with uh the two of them are there with one of the human uh, residents of the street and uh there's only like one cookie left or one of a certain kind of cookie left and uh it's almost turned to have fun She's like okay i'll face one and so he's like no that that that's Rocco's cookie he's just like what Rocco doesn't have a mouth how can Rocco eat a cookie <laughs> And it's just like Elmo is very unimpressed with Rocco as a, as a, as a existing, and uh, he. There's this moment where they meet everybody later up, and uh, just like, "Oh hey, JD, And just like, say hi to Rocco, Elmo. Hello, Rocco. <laughs> 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 just, <laughs> <laughs> it's very good, but I do want there to be once Adelites are known on Earth, just Ax going on Sesame Street and meeting Elmo. That would be oh, precious God. and good. Oh man. Axe oh, one experiencing so puppets, but also as soon as he understands. Because uh-huh. like it is a we're getting way off topic and I do not care because I would much rather talk about Axe discovering Muppets, quite frankly. <laughs> much more wholesome and good. But like full grown adults who fully understand what the Muppets are address the Muppet. Like there was an in I forget which show um they were on where well, they couldn't work out why Kermit sounded so bad. And it's mm-hmm. because they put the microphone on the Muppet instead of on the, op- instead of on the puppeteer. <laughs> so it obviously <laughs> just sounded super muffled, but why wouldn't you put the microphone on Kermit? And it's just the way the brain interacts with Muppets. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's beautiful. I love the Muppets. Like Sesame Street Ed here, and I remember watching it as a kid. Um, even though it's such an American thing. And I'm just very pro it. And now this is a much more pleasant thing to think about, is <laughs> Axe <laughs> appearing on, on Sesame Street. And now I'm yeah. just thinking about Ear Buddies and how horrifying that is and just those two <laughs> alternate versions <laughs> of reality. Oh, God. <sighs> Shout out to Ryan Lyra Hopkins.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, and Sasha.
1: Sasha. <laughs> For mm-hmm. your chaos that has permanently lives in my brain rent free. I <laughs> Appreciate you and your contributions to the world. Yeah, um, but yes, it is like the way he's able to reference things and learn things.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like even in, in this book, he understands something that like one of the others didn't know, and they're just like, mm-hmm. and It's just like, yeah, well, I saw it on Animal Planet. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's just like, well, you guys aren't taking the time to teach him. Why wouldn't he? Because he is very smart and he is like a sponge. He just takes information in. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we know he wasn't necessarily a very good student at school. He talks about it all the time. It's like learning at his own speed and just being able to take in information.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And that's good. Also, I want him to watch X-Files with Marco because we know mm-hmm. from this book that Marco likes X-Files, which mm-hmm. is, love that little detail because of course he does because uh, he's a nerd. But uh, yeah, just critiquing just like the whole presentation of aliens as they appear in X-Files. Good times. Uh, but um, so- <laughs> before they can get to the mall, we're back to the book. Um, holy plot contrivance Batman (laughs) a voice is coming out of a FedEx truck (laughs) (sighs) it's Eric uh,
0: everyone's favourite android Uh, but it's just like the way that it's described is so nonsensical so it's Mm -hmm. like okay they, they walk out of the woods across the farthest fields of Cassie's farm and toward the mall we crossed fields and then walked along a street a path for cars And then in come into contact with Eric in who is disguised himself as a FedEx truck. And like, why was he waiting there? there? Why, why was he waiting there to talk to Marco and Axe? Was it just a coincidence? And he just had some news that he decided he needed to give them because he saw them.
1: Or was he like, Why? how close are they to the mall? And he was just like hoping that the kids, one of the kids would come to the mall that day? Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense.
0: Oh, wait, He knows we know where they is, live.
1: We know this is a school day because Marco got let out early because it's a teacher conference. Right. So what the fuck? Yeah, it
0: doesn't make any sense, but it's, it's literally just so that he can deliver the
3: plot. That's the only reason he's here.
1: Uh, I think we get a one good little beat. A, we get one good historical reference beat, yes. which I do appreciate. Because um, um, Marco comments that isn't it copyright infringement for Eric to be impersonating a Federal Express truck? And uh, Eric quips, they can call my lawyer. He was Moses' law professor. Um, which I appreciate. I just mm-hmm. like,
2: uh, mm-hmm.
1: I I just like it. It makes me happy. But Eric is now all business, um, and uh, we get this odd little moment of Marco just being like bleh, 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 in the usual sort of the way it's Marco is always Mr. Quip. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. But and we have, I do appreciate that Axe puts his hand on Marco's arm. So like, yeah, like, it's time to be serious now, Marco. But also, like, Marco doesn't... Sometimes we'll get lost in the source of mm-hmm. trying to lighten the situation. But he's always been very good at taking Eric seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, he'll quip a little bit, because he and Eric do. But he always lets the important information come across.
0: Uh, I do like the... The reason that Axe gives for touching Marco's arm. Jack, who is who is one of the youngest and most restless, does this (laughs) often when he is trying to be understanding. And I, I just, I love that as a little tiny detail of Mm -hmm. Axe here recognizing that this is a serious thing because Eric only ever has bad news. And he's trying Mm. to be, he is trying to be understanding and so he is mimicking what he has seen on mm-hmm. television because humans are a much more touchy-feely species than anything than andalites are
1: this is that good mirroring masking behavior just like oh this is how people are supposed to act so mm-hmm. i will act like this
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's it's very good um hmm. crumbs as we mentioned tiny crumbs mm-hmm. uh
1: yeah the uh the tiny fuck it, i'm gonna say this the tiny the uh, bacon bits on the top of the disgusting salad you just you just pick up the bitch like the good crouton on top of the otherwise yeah. shitty caesar salad that is this book
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm uh yeah it's just like a watery caesar salad they didn't dry the lettuce
1: and yeah this is disgusting i hate that we have chosen to continue this <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs>
0: yeah, so so Eric explains that the Yerks have purchased an animal testing laboratory and a meat packing plant, but they haven't done this recently. They purchased them about a year ago. Sure. Um, And Eric has only just learned about it. And so he wants to tell them... Now that he has, now that he has this information. Uh, Axe isn't sure what a meatpacking plant is, so Eric explains that it's a slaughterhouse. Um, and, uh, Marco quips about whether he should be worried about where his next Big Mac is coming from. And Eric is like, we don't know what they're doing in either of these facilities, but they were purchased at the same time. And the Yerks are like, did purchase them. So it is kind of suspicious because, like, why would they need them, uh, especially mm-hmm. because they're being extremely secretive about it. Um, and therefore, it's probably something that they should check out at the very least. Try to get some information on it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, I do like the, the ending here, Marco. Mm-hmm. Um. Let me ask you this. How about if we all just forget about this and don't tell Jake and we all go to the mall and see how many cinnamon buns Axe can eat before he explodes? I have already performed that experiment, I said. <laughs> Marco nodded. Okay, then I guess we'll go tell Jake and the others and launch off into some dumb mission that'll end up with me screaming and running for my life. Sound good? Um, And then there's a dumb quip about, oh, they're messing with burgers, so now the Yerks must be destroyed. Like, <sighs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't need it. We had a perfectly good little quip there. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, So they meet up uh, at the... uh, Do they meet up at the barn? Yeah, they're meeting up at the Mm -hmm. barn. Um, Axe had previously planned on watching television, uh, but Rachel assures him that he's not going to miss anything because there's nothing on on Tuesday nights. Um, And he points out there are always these messages. These what? The shorter shows that are displayed between longer shows, these messages, Uh, they are often my favorites. Zestfully clean, zestfully clean, you're not fully clean unless you're zestfully clean. So much information condensed into so brief a format, so much emotional intensity, which, like, <laughs> I fucking love. Mm-hmm. I f- I love so much that Axe interprets commercials as just, like, these little skits. Mm-hmm. And I want desperately to know his opinion of like the very bad, uh, made for TV products that are supposed to make your life easier. You know, the ones where, where the person fails miserably at some innocuous mm-hmm. task. And it looks really dumb because they're making like, like a, a completely abled person do it. Whereas like some people mm-hmm. actually have difficulties with this thing, but they have to try to market it to an abled audience so that they can actually sell enough of them to make a profit. Um, mm-hmm. but I very much want to know Axe's opinion on those commercials because like, I feel like, I feel like he would sympathize with it. Like, Ah, uh, yes. Mm. I would imagine that flipping an egg would be extremely difficult because you're having to try to balance yourself as well
1: as flip this egg in this pan. Like, Yeah, we, we get a mention later about how he's observed that humans use umbrellas because they don't like having to walk on slippery ground, which makes sense because you're so precarious when you're balanced on two legs. Mm-hmm. Like, Axe would get it.
0: Yeah. Um. But it's also just like a running gag and I love it. How much like Axe Axe loves these messages. They're like his favorite thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: uh but yeah, they're meeting at the barn. Uh everyone's here. Um And
0: everyone's just like, Wha why why are the Yerks doing this? It doesn't make any sense. Um, mm-hmm. this is stupid. And I'm over here like
1: yes yeah it yes, is yes it is <laughs>
2: well
1: observed <laughs> hanging a lampshade on this is not making it better mm-hmm. um oh so we do get um the axe's little summary of the others uh prince jake our leader a male who is distinguished by being taller than the others the only distinct thing about jake is that he's tall <laughs> that's <laughs> big, it. Jake. Uh, big jake big <laughs> jake uh, Rachel, a female who is considered beautiful by humans and held in awe by her fellow Animorphs for her bravery. Cassie, the most knowledgeable and gentlest of the group, and Tobias, Marco and me. Mm-hmm. We don't get to know Axe's uh, private thoughts about Marco. We just know that <laughs> uh, there's a lot of humor though. Yeah, like I humor.
0: scrolled up to where they mm-hmm. he introduces Marco at the beginning and there's like nothing really there. Mm-hmm. Uh... Yeah, there's but, there's nothing there. The only thing we mm-hmm. get is that he uses humor, which is inexplicable.
1: hmm I will say, to put my shipper hat on, like it ever comes off. But, you know, it's just sort of like, <laughs> he's, he mentions it an awful lot. <laughs> just like, oh, Marco is humor. Just like another thing. Oh, Marco just makes jokes. Oh, Marco is just like, I see this.
2: I see this. This is good. <laughs>
1: But also, like, there is some just, like, it is that old adage, and I know it's not the intent of the authors, and there might be a ghostwriter who we get to, and I'm like, oh, this ghostwriter knows what's up. But um, (laughs) just that way you unintentionally mention a person that you like a lot. Mm -hmm. So, and also, like, not quite opposites attract, but when somebody's very good at something you don't get, it's always like, yeah, wow. Mm Mm-hmm but um, yeah to get to get back to the plot they are all mystified uh about um what the irks might be up to we do get a quip about they're trying to infiltrate macky to learn the secret of special sauce rachel promptly gives the recipe for special sauce <laughs> um um They posit what if it's poisoning, and Axe is the one that says, "Well, no. If they wanted to just kill people, they could use their dragon beams from orbit to ignite the atmosphere and incinerate all life on the planet." (laughs) Everyone just stares at him. (laughs) Um, Well, there's a happy thought, Uh, Marco said with what I believe is a tone of voice called sarcasm. Um, and then. They just, like, they move on, how they won't get any answers guessing. And then we just get this weird pivot to Jake asking Rachel for help um, on a class that they share because he didn't take notes. Um, and, like, we we also get, we always get, like, stuff going on with school and things like that. Uh, we get a couple of references to, like, things they're learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I think Marco starts doing homework in a moment, but it's, like, it feels very sort of jammed in. It doesn't feel organic in the way it has in previous books. Yeah. It's like, oh, I need to have a beat
0: in here about them doing their homework. So let me just insert it in here. Like, yeah. Uh, Cassie brings them back to the point of like, well, what? What are we doing? Mm-hmm. Wh- what are we doing? Which is a great question, Cassie. Because fuck if I know.
1: Yeah. Uh... uh Axe is provoked by what animal testing is. Um, Marco makes a quip about them doing quizzes. Um, I hesitated before responding. It was probably humour. I suspect you are making a joke, but I am not certain. No one ever is, Rachel said with a laugh. Possibly the most, most in-character thing Rachel does all book. Mm-hmm. Um, but Cassie explains what it is. Um, the efficient effects of dr- uh, how it's uh, humans use a species similar to our own to test the effects of drugs. And Alex is going to say, well, that seems prudent. Uh, before Cassie finishes off on it, they're about as close to hell as anything humans create. And I'm here just like, okay. And here it is. Yeah. Um, And to be fair, like, we get a weird dig from Marco, which, as we said at the top, feels like, A bit regressive to earlier characterization. And we do get like this detail that Cassie isn't against like testing a cancer cure or AIDS drugs or something, but it's like where it's makeup testing. And they only test to see if it will make the animals go blind. And is more about like, and if they are testing for serious things, they should try and make the animals' lives uh, less horrible. Um and Marco's just baiting Cassie here. Rachel intercedes because Cassie's j- actually getting pissed off.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but uh, and Jake steps in. So okay, look, Cassie, because Rachel points out to Cassie, look, this isn't about saving lab rats. We've got a mission here, and which just seems unnecessarily callous on top of everything else. Mm -hmm. and Jake's like look we can debate it another time let's go check out the lab Yeah.
0: oh I just got the joke that they're going for here so the the chapter ends on Axe saying after these messages um, and at first I was like alright so he just decides that the scene is over and therefore they have to go to commercial but no it's because Jake says right back as in we'll be right back after Mm. these messages which makes a little more sense yeah and is a little less insulting but like like the fact that i didn't pick it up right away
1: (laughs) yeah no bad bad writing
0: um but yeah this this interaction between cassie and marco is indicative of what is to come um Mm -hmm. Uh, every time we see Marco talk about this it is either explicitly derisively or like he's baiting her or he's groaning or otherwise just like being an ass about it yeah um and like here he's like quick everyone find a tree to hug and it's like Alright, like I admit that when Cassie started talking about this, I was like, all right, here we go. Um, but you don't have to be a dick about it, Marco. Like, why I I feel like what has happened here is that the writer has decided that in order to make the uh no animal testing moral stronger, she needs to make the opposition
3: look cruel. Mm. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it's it's a straw man argument. Yeah. Um. That everybody always just dismisses animal rights activists and vegetarians as a bunch of tree-hugging hippy-dippy weirdos yeah. who care more about animals than they do people and mock them for it.
0: Yeah. Um, and it, it's just like this weird backwards way to go about it and i very much don't like it i very much don't like how it paints marco in here like Mm -mm. we know marco marco is a bit of an ass right but like he is a flaming dick yeah in this book um specifically to cassie and Mm. is written
1: that way yeah i was gonna say in the same way we've I tell you what it is. This feels like this Ghost Rider doesn't like Marco. Yeah, just like and the last one like, didn't like Jake. Exactly. And has like used the tiny justification for this: that oh, well, Marco's always a bit of a dick, and he and Cassie sometimes butt heads.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: like, apart from like, where he maybe takes the joke too far. Marco is never really cruel unless he's already upset or scared. hmm Like, he never comes across as somebody that is trying to actively hurt other people, even when he's being a dick. hmm Whereas this feels like he is deliberately being mean. Yeah. And yeah. it feels bad to read. It feels like bullying.
3: Yeah uh and like don't want it yeah and i feel like
0: the author also goes through really great lengths to make cassie's point of view sound
3: reasonable in a way that's kind of obvious
0: yeah like look i'm not a fanatic on this and like other things like that and it's like this it it feels heavy-handed yeah. in the worst like, way.
1: Yeah, that on the back of animal testing is the closest thing to hell on earth that humans have ever created and I'm here like okay that feels that feels like somebody read the Peter literature before sitting yeah. down to write. Yeah. Like I I have a lot of respect for people that campaign for animal rights and things like that and I don't all of my friends who happen to be vegetarian vegan, none of them are preachy about it. And I, th- mm-hmm. I hate that stereotype that all vegans and vegetarians are. Yeah. Because it's unfair and you see a lot of people bait folks with that outlook. But it's like, people have done that to humans. People probably still do that to humans. Mm-hmm. Sweatshops exist child labor but forced to mind like fucking in the news right now as time of recording is the use of fucking child slavery on cocoa farms yeah like perspective
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and it's not and if she was like deep in the midst of a heated discussion i could maybe understand it because we've seen that cassie is very passionate but it's more like it's like very off the cuff. Yeah. Oh, and it's the closest to hell on earth that humans have ever made. You're like, whoa. Okay. A little bit of a zero to 60 there. Yeah. Yeah.
3: As I said, neither
1: of them come off well, but for very different reasons. Marco just comes yeah. across as an antagonistic asshole, and Cassie comes across as being in the right and moralizing but everyone is just shutting her down yeah so which makes the fact that cassie gets the ah gotcha at the end of the book like see cassie was right all Mm -hmm. along and it's sort of like okay i get it
3: i get the point you're making yeah and it's like
1: it's bad writing Mm -hmm. it's heavy-handed and it sacrifices a lot of what we know about these characters that's been established so far for the sake of the bit. Mm -hmm. And isn't a good bit.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. And, like, it is very frustrating to me because her argument on the face of it is one that I agree with. Mm. Because,
0: like, you know, make sure you're treating animals humanely. And only use them when they're really necessary, et cetera, et cetera. Like, okay, that
3: is a reasonable argument to be making. Um Yeah. But like ugh, just, there's just so much about it that feels bad to read mm-hmm. it. Yeah.
0: Um. And and it's like I, I pinball. I end up pinballing between Marco and Cassie as to like whose side I should be on, even though like that's ridiculous. Um, yeah, because it's like uh, every time Marco says something, I'm like, Oh, do you have to be such a raging, raging asshole? And then every time Cassie says something, I'm like, oh, Do you have to be everything that you are written as? Like,
1: yeah, it feels like we're being told to pick a side. But this Mm -hmm. side is clearly, this side is meant to be the clearly the wrong side, but this one is going to be presented to you in the most unpleasant way possible. Yeah. Because the truth is hard, I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Anyway, they morph birds and fly out to the animal testing laboratory to observe it. It turns out that the animal testing laboratory has a huge force field around it. So if they just try to fly in, they're going to get zapped and die. uh, luckily they find
3: the, they, they f-
0: see a truck driver, a truck come in, um, and Tobias goes to listen in. The truck is delivering some chimpanzees, um, specifically six chimpanzees, um, uh, or no, it's specifically six more chimps are bring being brought back tomorrow and it's like wow that's a convenient number um (laughs) so uh, basically their idea is okay so we have to find some way to be inside the truck when it drives onto the property because otherwise we're not going to be able to get past this force field and so really the only way to do that is to morph chimpanzees
1: yeah, this is uh-huh. the only possible way to do this. The only way. It's such a fucking dumb plan. <laughs> Sorry. Uh. <laughs> uh, you know, no, not as flies f- inside the cabin yeah, truck the cab. or anything. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. No, no, no. They need to I can understand that for being in the lab. Sure. Maybe. But no this just feels like a contrived way for there to be an action scene.
0: Yeah. Um there's some more banter about uh uh like TV in terms of like Marco's missing an online chat with the cast of the X-Files uh and we get Axe's weird take that talking online with people is Terrible compared to communicating uninterrupted in the form of like a telephone call. Which okay, boomer. Um, <laughs> and,
3: uh,
1: <laughs> um, and look, we had to suffer through the days of AOL instant messenger, okay? We know it weren't great. But you know, when your friend lives on the other side of the, of the other side of the planet, you make do. Yeah.
0: Um, we get, uh, Cassie talking about her quadratic equations homework. We get Axe making a soap take, as Rachel calls it. Uh, at the end of a scene, all the actors just freeze and stare and wait for these messages. Um. (laughs) Because Axe is like, and we do not know. I paused for a long moment, the way I had seen Victor Newman do. Whenever he does this, the TV camera zooms in on his face what kind of animals are being tested in there?
1: And everyone just turns to look at him. <laughs> I love that moment. that's great. That felt very like CSI, just like, well, yes. we've got a yeah. job to do. <laughs> yeah! yeah! Yeah, it was good. With the sunglasses, yeah.
0: Screamed in the background, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, we get the, the call out that these messages are Axe's favorite. Uh, and this, the scene ends. There's not much here. Uh, so the next day, Tobias and Axe uh, spend a majority of the day watching TV, and then they go watch cars along a road and into and out of a tunnel. Um, And like, what like, of they the weird... They- mm,
1: go ahead. On. No, I was just going to say, because they figure they need to acquire the chimp wolf from the chimps in the truck en route. Yeah. But this is the way they have to do it.
0: Yeah. One thing that I'm realizing is that the way that this is written feels bad specifically because like we're we're told that Tobias and Ax are doing recon for this mission but we're not told like what information they're gathering and why until a few steps down when they're explaining it to Jake um and it feels like, unnecessary obfuscation? Yeah. Um, right. and I'm trying to remember if they've done this, like, if the Animorphs in general have done this before, and I'm sure they have, but
1: here, it I they've guess done it just it well. struck me. Yeah. But, like, this doesn't have a point to it. It's not like uh, in the th- final of the David trilogy, where we don't yeah. know the full plan till yeah. after.
0: Um... Anyway, they watch a whole bunch of cars all afternoon. Basically, they're timing exactly how long uh, it takes for a car to go in one end of the tunnel and come out the other side. And, like, how long one of the lights um, is right before the tunnel. Um, The others meet up with them. uh, And... Basically the idea is everyone is a seagull and they're going to fly down and land on top of the truck as it goes into the tunnel then demorph crawl down the back of the truck to get into it This is the most this convoluted thing
1: and none of it is explained plan. It's no. terrible None of it is this explained is- It's unnecessarily dangerous, it's contingent on way too many factors, it's a bad plan.
0: Yeah, usually they only make plans like this when they have literally no time, Mm -hmm. right? But there's a very artificial time crunch on this whole thing.
1: Yeah, like it said we can't just go to the gardens to get chimpanzees because we don't know if it's actually chimpanzees in the truck. It turns out that it is, by the way. Um, because it could just be the driver having said chimps and it could be any kind of monkey mm-hmm. or any kind of primate because lots of different primates are used in uh, animal testing. So that's their justification for why they don't just go get the chimpanzee morph. Mm-hmm. Um, and then but- we just... Uh, yeah. The So this action
0: scene is written extremely poorly um in that it is confusing, it's hard to keep track of what is going on. It never actually says that Axe lands on the roof of the truck. Like mm-hmm. it it describes him swooping like tacking down towards it and then it describes how the roof is smooth and he slides into Rachel. And it's like you missed a step. Um mm-hmm. and it it just reads very confusing. Um so they all demorph on top of the truck um one to stop themselves from sliding off the top of the truck um and two because they're coming up on the tunnel and the tunnel is like exactly 7 minutes long which is not a mm-hmm. lot of time. Um so they demorph on top of the truck and for some reason, Axe stays as an Andalite the whole time, even though he's going to have to be human in order to swing himself down into the truck because Andalite arms are useless. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, uh, the car behind
3: them sees them demorphing
0: and crashes into a telephone pole. Um, but they don't really seem to care about that. Uh. Very out of character. It's very out of character. Um, and we do get a nice bit about how claustrophobic Axe feels once they get into the tunnel. Because this is a truck passing into a tunnel. There's probably not a whole lot of clearance. Um, and Axe as an andalite you know, has a much harder time of laying down flat um, on top of the the truck roof. Yeah. Um, also, and- like
1: the understanding that a lot of adlite structures don't have a lot of it's very open. Like we know, scoops mm-hmm. are largely open to the elements, and being in a closed-in space, yeah, isn't a good feeling for him generally.
0: Yeah. Um. So there's, you know, that's it, a nice detail. Um, we also get the detail of him just being super disoriented by the amount of noise that is happening in the tunnel, um, mm-hmm. which is a good detail. Um. And then it's human chain time. So they put Axe, the Andalite, who can't hold on to anything if he fucking tries, at the end of the chain and have him hold on to Jake's ankles, who holds on to, like, Marco, who holds on to Cassie or something whatever um but Cassie like is lowered by her ankles down the back of the truck to see if the door can be opened, and yes, it can be um and then she is pulled back up and turned around so that she can be lowered by her hands and you know like swing in, I guess. Like, as Jade said, this is insanely, insanely
1: dangerous. Yeah. Like, okay, Cassie being the one lowered to look see, fine. She's the smallest, the lightest, fine. In all seriousness, though, Rachel would have been a better pick. Yeah. Long, long limbed, brave, so it's less likely to hesitate, and also has the upper body strength. Yeah. They've already all morphed. Yeah. So it's dumb. Yeah.
0: Uh, But yeah, so Cassie swings into the back of the truck and one by one the others go do the same thing. And then Axe realizes, oh, yeah, I guess I better be in human morph.
3: Like, just, you know. Okay, this again with the
1: contrived... Yeah, like they can try justify with that. Oh, he's distracted because of all the noise and overwhelmed and things like that. But there is no reason why he wouldn't have gone straight into human morph. Yeah. After like bird to andalite to human, Mm -hmm. no reason he wouldn't have done that.
0: Yeah. Uh, They mention again that the driver, the driver that is now driving behind the truck, a different driver, is cheering them on. That detail I did like. I, I do like that, but also I hate the fact that this dude is watching these five kids and a morphing Andalite swing mm-hmm. into the back of a truck.
1: Yeah, I guess my one thing is, given how dark tunnels are, I might not realize that is children, that it's children doing Maybe, that. yeah. Because to be fair, if I was going in a tunnel and saw a bunch of people breaking into the back of a truck, I'd probably be like, right on, that's balls. to yeah. me. But yeah. again, it's just another weird detail that doesn't sit right. You have to think about it for it mm-hmm. to not feel just mm-hmm. dumb. Yeah.
0: Uh, anyway, Axe speed morphs into human. He is able to get arms early enough that he can kind of begin to lower himself down. But his lower body hasn't changed enough. It's still too heavy. So they kind of have to all just yank him inside. They all have to work together to do it. Um, so, okay. Um, but they all
3: land inside and the, uh,
0: and the truck gets out of the tunnel so that they made it. Um, woo. woo. And, and Rachel pulls the door down. Um, and we, we note the relative quiet was very enjoyable for Axe because, you know, it would be significantly easier. Um, the chimps have calmed down at this point, I guess, despite the fact that they were yelling a lot during the whole thing. Um, but they're, they're all kind of just like watching these kids. Fair enough. Uh, this is a very weird thing to have happened to them. Uh, Mm -hmm. and I do like the detail. Uh, Jake tells Marco to, like, grab one of the chimps' foot to acquire him right away. And Marco's like, you grab his foot. I've been a gorilla. I know what our grandparents here can do when they get cranky. Which is good. You know, the mm. the, the chimpanzees are treated as strong as they are. Um, like, a chimp will fuck you up. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. Uh, Cassie, uh, he, he holds out some like food pellets to one of the chimps um and is able to you know coax it closer towards the side of its cage where she could reach it um and then it grabs her wrist uh but Cassie being a baller around animals just kind of like mm-hmm. grabs its hand back and acquires puts it into the acquiring trance
1: yeah i do like everybody is ready to go mm-hmm. when uh if this chimp like grabs hold of cassie um I even before when it's just like reaching out and everyone's like but it, and yeah. it's it's great yeah um i do appreciate yeah. we get this data everyone makes contact and acquires the chimp we Get this i missed this first read chimpanzees are a species closely related to humans but slightly more attractive <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and with a superior method of locomotion that allows them to operate as two-footed or four-footed creatures but that makes sense because we've said, he's said we've heard from in his opinion that noses are one of the weirdest parts of humans and mm-hmm. obviously chimpanzees have a much flatter face
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, so that tracks yeah. but that amuses
3: me uh, everyone acquires the, the chimp
0: um, and then Cassie goes about uh, unlocking all of the chimpanzees' cages. Um, and then we get the second instance of Marco being just a raging fucking asshole. Um, Casty says, this stinks. We shouldn't be turning them loose in a strange environment. We shouldn't be, never mind. Uh, and Marco says, ah, I was wondering how long it would take. Marco said with a derisive grin. And it's like, why? Why? Why she clearly stops herself from going on about it because she knows that like now isn't the time and she's already putting that aside in order to do what needs to be done for the mission. Why are you then shitting on her?
1: Yeah this again just feels the need to make it clear Marco is the in the wrong and is the bad party here is the bad actor.
0: Yeah. Um, but basically they, they wait for the truck to stop at a red light and then they slide the rolling door up, uh, and the, and basically all the chimps have been unlocked from their cages. Their doors have been thrown open and the chimps do nothing, which is something I love.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's very good. Like they're just, they're just like, eh. (laughs) to be fair the chimps faced with freedom decide to piss is how it's well the, the mm-hmm. word piss isn't used but they're just they're just like okay the door's open what do you want from me yeah and um tobias has to scare them into action yeah so uh-huh. like i'm um, impressed i assume he's he, either able to figure out which one of these is the lead or just like the one closest to the door mm-hmm. but uh we do get uh, Axe's observation during this that the, uh, the driver of the truck is uh, saying words, Axe has been told is impolite, uh, the chimps start to tumble after, and the t- tr- truck driver behind us begins to say words that are worse than impolite.
0: <laughs> the um, truck
1: driver behind them, because
0: there is a second truck yeah. uh, that is not yes, differentiated yes. in any way in the exposition. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, We do get the uh, visual before the door of the truck the kids are in is closed of one of the chimps climbing into the truck with said sweary truck driver Mm -hmm. who very quickly gets out the other side of said truck (laughs) and another chimp is on a roof of a car that had a family in it uh, and is bouncing on the roof. The kids are screaming with joy. The mother is also screaming but perhaps not with joy. (laughs) So...
0: Uh, they're gonna, due to arrive at the laboratory in three minutes, so they have to work very quickly. Um, they all morph the chimpanzees and get into the cages. Cassie locks the doors behind them, um, and then climbs into her own cage and locks that door behind herself. Um, and then we get the return of Jade's favorite argument, um...
1: Uh, (laughs) insert gif of stitch just like clawing (laughs) half horse down face
0: (laughs) 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 um uh axe points out that although the bodies are nearly identical to humans they are incapable of coherent speech um and then we get axe musing on the instincts or lack thereof Um, I blinked my primate eyes and flexed my thick, powerful fingers. I felt human, like I was a four-foot-tall, almost 200-pound, heavily-muscled human. And the mind? It was not exactly human, but it was similar. The same threads of curiosity, understanding, and emotion woven into a complex map. It was nothing like the single-minded hunger instinct of the shark or the blind rush of sensory input that characterized the bat, for example. Sentient, self-aware. Able to hold abstract thoughts in its head? Impossible to be sure. In morphing we acquire instinct, but instinct is less important when intelligence is more developed. This mind had very little in the way of instinct, and I sensed a great deal in the way of intelligence. The chimpanzee would be able to understand that when the cage was locked it would not be able to escape. The chimpanzee would understand that scratching its head repeatedly would not open the door, but it would make it feel better. The Andalite part of me suddenly felt a little ill. I knew that chimpanzees were very close to humans on Earth's evolutionary scale. I later learned that 97% of chimpanzee DNA is identical to human DNA. Too close to human? Sentient close? We have a rule, we animorphs I should say, that we do not morph humans or other sentient beings without permission. Had we just violated that belief? Cassie circled the cages quickly to lock the cage doors. Then she ducked into the cage closest to the hook where Marco had found the keys and locks her own door. Uh, I decided to ask her about the chimpanzee. Cassie is often the person most willing to examine deeper philosophical issues. Cassie, I am concerned by this morph, I said. Is it sentient? Was it improper to acquire it? She said nothing, as though she had not heard me. Then she turned her dark chimpanzee eyes toward me. Could it have given permission, do you think? Is it capable? She asked rhetorically. No. I doubt it could have understood the question I answered. But you have not answered my question, Cassie. Is this creature sentient? And then we get Marco being a raging asshole again. Cassie said Mm -hmm. nothing, and Marco laughed a thought-speak laugh. You don't get it, Axe. See, Cassie's on her own private mission here. She wants to save the chimps, so her usual moralizing doesn't apply. It was a harsh thing to say, but Cassie made no answer. A silence fills the room, Marco said sardonically. Animal lovers. Typical. They care more about animals than they do about humans. If we were doing this for some other reason, we'd have Cassie giving us a bunch of crap about not using sentient creatures. But she's thinking she can maybe save some chimpanzees, so hey, if it's for the sake of animals... Let it go, Marco, Prince Jake interrupted. Cassie said nothing in self-defense. I did not know what to think. I could only assume that humans do not believe chimpanzees are sentient. Clearly, if they did believe it, they would not be keeping them imprisoned and using them for experimentation. Yes, that made logical sense, I reassured myself. On the other hand, it is sometimes the case that
1: humans do not make logical sense. Okay, I've got to say, like, the argument Marco is making that the reason why Cassie isn't objecting out loud is because she does want to, like, we've seen her do that. We've seen Mm -hmm. her justify her own behaviors when she thinks there's something important to be done. It's the way he does it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's a very Marco thing to note that or to make that observation. But like you said, he's just being a raging arsehole the way he's written here. And it's so judgmental as well. What does it matter if Cassie wants to save the chimps? Yeah, Like, it's not putting them in any danger. She's not prioritizing the group's safety below her own objective. If that is the case, the fact that she doesn't defend herself does to me read like we're supposed to say, ah, so Marco is on the money. Yeah. But we're meant to be on Cassie's side. Yeah.
0: It's, it, especially in this paragraph, it feels extremely strongly that Marco is saying words that are not his.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Like, especially that a silence fills the room, animal lovers typical. They care more about animals than they do about humans. Like That's not how Marco talks. That's not how Marco talks at all. And it's basically parroting the the criticism that is lobbed against
3: certain mm-hmm. uh preachy vegans. Like
2: Mhm.
3: Eh, yeah, it's it's like hitting you over the head with a two by four. Yeah. Uh, uh,
1: that aside, and the whole return to the are chimps sentient? Uh, my understanding is that they are because they do have a sense of self, but mm-hmm. the sentient sapience distinction. Eh. I, I, I can't. I've, I've, I've read some stuff, I don't know enough about primates. Mm-hmm. I am no Jane Goodall, you know. Um, but there's a lot of study that, and a lot of people are very conflicted about, like, primates because mm-hmm. of how close they are to humans, evolutionary spe- yeah. evolutionarily speaking. Yeah. Um,
0: because they do blur that line between, quote unquote, human and animal, right? Yeah. It's a, a lot of people in the general population. View humans as humans and animals as animals, and don't necessarily uh, mm-hmm. uh, understand. Well, not understand. They don't believe the the idea that well, humans are just animals. Um, yeah, and that Chim- there isn't really a distinction there. It's all the gradients. chimps and
1: yeah, chimps and primates make people. Well, chimps primates make people address how we aren't that as far away from animals as we like to position ourselves. Yeah. In the same way that, same way that, in a similar way to how non-binary people can make certain types uncomfortable because we yeah. can com- make people confront the notion of, hey, maybe gender isn't as simple as you like to think it is. Yeah. Anything mm-hmm. that threatens a binary is always going to make pe- certain kinds of people uncomfortable because it's a challenge to how you perceive certain boundaries and settings.
2: Mhm.
1: So, yeah. And I really like that the first time they become um well, the group does because obviously Marco becomes a griller on the regular. Mm-hmm. Um of acts observing how similar and yet different it is to morphing human. Yeah. I love that we get that observation from him yeah, because it is feeling out what is the same, but also what is different. Mm -hmm. And he clearly feels the difference. And it's like, is it only because it feels so similar to the human that you're having this doubt because you've been a dolphin Mm -hmm. and dolphins, I think, have a similar level of, of what we understand to be intelligence, Like, do they have the capacity to bully each other? Congrats. There you go. You got a smart animal. <laughs> they, they know enough about behavior to be mean. Um, Like, you can see a lot of social behaviors we recognize or can project our own understandings of social behavior onto. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I, I like those observations. And I understand why Axe would ask Cassie that question. The fact of the matter is, I would have thought, why wouldn't he just private thought speak to her? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And why she wouldn't private thought speak back? Yeah. It's because yeah. we need the contrivance of Marco hearing what they're talking about, so he can say this piece. Yeah. It's also like, yeah, that's exactly
3: it,
0: and and. They should have had this conversation of private thought speak. And I feel like just the axe and Cassie part of the conversation isn't bad. Like him asking her, is this creature sentient? Was it like, was it improper? Because Cassie is the one who has previously considered the, those philosophical implications, right? And so it makes sense that he would ask her and it would make sense that she would kind of rhetorically asked back the same kind of pushback that she has seen from the others in more reasonable times of like, do you think it could have given permission? I don't think it could have. Do you see a better way here? Um And like the logical kind of conclusion of that is just like, we don't really have a choice here. This is the plan that we have committed to. We can't pull out now just because we are concerned that these animals are sentient um plus i know that when i have brought this up in the past the others have jumped down my fucking throat about it um yeah and and just like you know this is why i don't bring it up which is why like when she's quiet when marco's like fucking mouthing off it's like i'm just like of course she doesn't want to say anything. Every time she says anything about this, you you jump on her like. I, ha- I hate that specifically as an argument of mm-hmm. like, oh, look, they're not saying anything, so they must like agree with my argument on some level or something like that. And it's like, no, maybe they just don't want to talk to you, bro. Mm-hmm. I have been on the other side of that argument and I hate it.
1: Yeah, it feels very, Mark uh, like being very debate bro Just like, oh, you're getting upset or Oh, you're not yes. saying anything So I won the argument yeah. yeah, why won't you debate me? Uh-oh I hate it um, um, So I'd never debate them Yeah Just don't do it